good morning, everyone. All right, so you ready to worship? Okay, let's say a prayer real quick. Lord God, thank you for bringing us here today. We just ask for your Holy Spirit to be very present. As we stand up and we glorify your name, let us not think about mask or any other kind of thing in this world. Let's just go ahead and just think, think and focus on you. In your name we pray. Amen. Please stand up.
worship your holy name. Lord, we will worship your holy name. If you're going to do it, do it loud. I don't care. You just do it halfway. Let's try that again. See, drummer's intense.
righteousness, oh God, how I need you. Heavenly Father, we know that we do need you. Man, this world needs you, gosh, more than ever before. And so, God, as we continue in our worship today, we just ask that your Holy Spirit just do something in this that it's never done. You just wake us up. You just wake us up to the pre- to your presence. That God, we don't need um, we don't need other politicians. We don't need other policies. We don't need anything. We just need to follow you. And so, God, I just pray that those in the sound of my voice will just renew their commitment and maybe make a commitment to follow you. Because Lord, we need you. And uh, we give you praise in Christ's name. Everybody says, amen. Have a seat. (laughs) When your car is broken too, there's only one thing you want to do. Open your mouth and let it spew. But I am telling you, stay positive. a cake for your family and your kids are hopped up on caffeine your fluffy cake is now kind of lean remember don't be mean stay positive when your bank account is close to red you want to cry yourself to bed it could be worse you could be dead remember what i said stay positive Good. Uh, how's everybody doing? Good, good. I'm glad you are. We're going to touch today on some of our prayer requests. Again, if you're, we want to welcome Church Online and those of you, get, it looks to see, good to see some different eyes today um, and some people here, the bodies that go with them, but we're glad that you're here. Um, so let's just touch on a couple of our, our prayer requests today. Um, to begin uh, church, we want to continue to lift up Gary and uh, Liz Ashby. Um, Gary has has been active on uh, like a, an extended hospice for some time. Um, even even uh, they began this discussion about a year ago, and we know that he is in that fourth quarter of life. We just don't know when that um, that time comes. But we uh, recognize that Gary was one of the early members. Many of you who probably came into this church for the first time, Gary was the first person to ever greet you, um, and. Um, um, and so uh, this would have driven him crazy in COVID because he would have loved to hug you and some of you pretty ladies, he would have tried to kiss you too on the cheek, you know, because just a great guy and um, just a great guy and um, and just uh, some of the deals with strokes and dementia and things have really taken a toll on him and continue to give uh, Liz strength as she's dealt with her own health issues over the years. But during this time, we love her and she, she greets you consistently, um, but just continue to lift him up. The Lord knows when he's going to call him home, but continue to go ahead and lift them in your prayers. Um, Ronnie Smith also asked for continued prayers for a co-worker, Nakia family, and grandmother came home Tuesday from having a stroke and is going to require 24-hour care. A praise the Lord. From last week, we lifted up Francis Dieno did was found safe, and um, so we thank God for that. Today we have some birthdays. Um, uh, it's uh, Jill, my mom, uh, her birthday. Joanne, she had a uh, a good experience with her um, this new treatment that she's been having at Fox Chase, and also Todd and Tracy Shives are having their 22nd anniversary, and so we want to. Um, 
be a say happy anniversary to them and any other birthdays and other kinds of things like that. And continue prayers for our country, our leaders, and whatever, we're, wherever we're headed. Who knows? Okay, so we want to lift those in prayers. And as usual, um, we are uh, still doing, and you can get it from our website. Uh, this sheet here is our Unite 714. Um, based, uh, and so we have been praying that since the beginning of this uh, COVID situation, and we're going to continue to pray that more and more and more, um, and hopefully when we'll be out of these, because that means we won't have to pray it anymore, so we're going to continue to do that. So I'm going to lift up prayers first, then we're going to go ahead and finish with our COVID-19 prayer. I will read the scripture lesson first. Let's bow for prayer. Um, the verse from Galatians says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows uh, to please their flesh, from the flesh they will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let's not become weary of doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have an opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. And so, Lord, we come to you today and we lift up prayers, particularly for um, the ones that we've mentioned and even the ones in our hearts, that some may be putting them online right now. We lift those up too. But we want to lift up particularly Gary and Liz. Um, Gary, just um, one of the... Er- and Liz, both early joys, and um, they, they believed in this ministry and have, have followed it all, all through the whole way. And so, God, we just ask that you send uh, people to be um, in Gary's life during this time of, of quarantine, that you be with Liz as well, um, and that if things open up, that, God, we just pray that um, when it's your time, you, you call him home, and uh, I know he's going to meet you with a great big smile. Um, for, for Ronnie... Um, she lifted up prayers for Nakia and for grandmother. Um, lift those up for the joys of someone who was lost returning home for birthdays and anniversaries. For our country, God, which I, I don't even know where to begin. Um, you just In our world, um, just take all those things and God, just bring your peace in the midst of all things. And so now, Lord, um, we are still in the midst of this COVID-19. We are hearing where we're all saying good news, good news around our country. We're hearing about spikes and we're having people, that, that fear that started to subside a little bit, now God has people, uh, people just uh, fearful again and here we go again. And so, Lord, um, Let's lift up our, our Unite 714 prayer, where, Lord, we have been walking through a time of unprecedented worldwide pressure and pain. We're so grateful that many nations around the world that COVID-19 has been mitigated, and other, other precious cities and nations, however, they are still being battered by this pandemic. Others are seeing the increase, and furthermore, the world's economies are reeling, social unrest is erupting, the historic tensions between nations are beginning to simmer and boil anew and afresh. Uh, Even in the midst of this pressure and pain, God, we continue to stand in faith. Our choices to believe, to pray, to love, to give, to read your word, and to make a difference. That's what we hold on to. And even when our circumstances don't seem to be changing as fast as we would like, we ourselves change by choosing to obey you. We rest in the fact that even when everything seems out of control, that God, you are still in control. And so, Heavenly Father, as we draw close to you, And to one another, fill us every day with fresh faith, love, hope, and joy. Lord, we have fought to not grow weary in doing well and doing good. Give us strength not to quit. There's so many of us in this world that just want to quit. We want to quit uh, our jobs. We want to quit our relationships. We want to quit uh, in areas that you've called us to serve. We want to just back out and quit. And so, God, we are confronted by this complex challenge that every time we see a victory, 
there's a complex challenge that faces in the midst of it. You are the God who heals, and so we continue to cry out to you for the eradication of COVID-19 and the outpouring of your spirit. And so, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, eradicate COVID-19 and restore our nations and bring healing to all the people of the world. For, Lord, you say that if we do not become weary of in well-doing and doing good, that we reap a harvest at the proper time if we don't quit. Around the world, Christians from every tribe, tongue, and nations are uniting in the belief that your Holy Spirit and its fresh move is eminent. And so, Heavenly Father, we boldly come before your throne, united in one voice with Christians all around the world in many different languages saying the same prayer, asking you to give us the greatest evangelistic harvest in all human history. Lord, the multiple crises shaking our world have opened countless doors for us to love and care for others in your name. Let us continue to give, to love, to serve, and to minister to people all around us. Let us minister to them with your gospel in the answer to the deepest needs of our world. Heavenly Father, empower us to both live and proclaim the gospel. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, um, just a, a few announcements. Again, we'd love for you, even if it's your first time here or whatever, we'd love for you to, to go ahead and get connected in our text and um, email updates. I know some people are not um, connected that way because um, somebody asked me about, hey, when we get back to church, I said, well, we're kind of we're kind of here a bit, so make sure you're connected. Um, it helps to get those things out a lot more so we have those connections. Also, um, you know, probably it's eminent that... Uh, that Governor Hogan probably will mention something this week or the next week, so that if that changes anything, we want to be on the forefront. Additionally, um, we do have the registrations that will um, be there again Monday, um, so go ahead and get get connected in there so we can get the um, uh, you connected in here. I mean, a lot of I've had, and some people say, "Hey, I don't want to come before I have to wear a mask or whatever." Not bad, right? It's good to see some eyes and see some people. So um, we're having a, a good time, but we do thank you all for your continued um, support here and online, um, whether it's financially or whatever else. We do have some baskets at the doors if you want to give here, or you can also give online. And many of you, i got to tell you, I've heard horror stories of other churches. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Um, you are supporting ministries. We're able to continue because, you know, when during these times, a lot of people are looking what they need to cut ministries. We're looking, okay, God, where are you leading us next? And so that is an, an amazing thing. Great stuff are happening in Haiti every week. They, just to let you know, they're wearing masks, going to church and things too. Um, and they're, they're giving them uh, because of the things that you have. They're getting water, fresh water. They're getting um, all kinds of things. And for those of you um, who remember the very first time we went to Haiti, the, the only way you got water was by lowering a bucket and having a big toe strap that pulled it up, dumped it out, and did that. That was the only way we could do that. Now, because of the generator and other stuff that our church has been able to supply to them, they are a force in that community that is helping people live, just live life. And so um, as we complain and get tired of getting out and going into Walmart to buy our bottled water to go and put on a mask and we're wondering about, oh, we can only get one thing of toilet paper, just keep in mind that because of our ministries and things we're serving people in the world, that you are making a huge amount of difference in, in the lives of people each and every day, that people would not have water at all do. And that is encouraging. So you should be encouraged. Are you encouraged? Awesome. There we go. Okay. So, today, um, and again, so you want to go ahead, get connected, get on here, get signed up already. That'll open. So because I want to encourage you today, because today we're going to talk about a new encouragement. This series has been called The Positively New Normal. So in the midst of that, um, I thought I'd encourage you today by picking up the newspaper and reading some headlines. 
What? No, I'm, I, haven't, I haven't even opened this. I just bought it. And I'm going to read to you some of this. Let's just start with the front section, okay? All right. No, this is, well, it's the Philadelphia Inquirer. I don't know. So, all right, here we go. I'm going to put on my old man reading glasses here. Here we go. Twin crises cast light on Trump's weakness. All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, AC's new groove. As casinos prepare to reopen, the short town known for its resilience is hoping it has weathered the storm. A vaccine uh, long in making is put to the test. Okay, so there we go. U.S. jailed man was scam victim. It's good for him. All right. Blast sends fireball into Iranian strikes. In co- uh, let's see what this one is. Um, U.S. intelligence says Russian unit offered to pay for attacks on coalition forces in Afghanistan. Oh, I'm sure that won't cause any problems. Um, let's go ahead with some more. Um, months after outbreak began, medical mask gloves often remain short of the need. Some doctors think face shields may be better, more comfortable option for the general public, but others are wary. In other words, we don't have a clue. All right? Could bats be both culprit and cure? Look right there. There they are. Okay, so that, and isn't that interesting? Next to all this, you have all the alcohol you can buy right here, right? Somebody needs to cover up. All right. Um, and then on the next page, bar operators worry the, as virus surges anew. Um, sun, surf, social distancing, how beaches are adapting. Anybody feeling better? You feeling encouraged yet? Come on, we're getting better. Um, uh, nursing home visits resume in some states, and families have been kept away for March. Um, COVID fund announces $2.1 million in latest grants. All right. Nobody. I wonder who will have to pay for that. Um, pleading with owners to follow rules in rural America, infections and concerns rising. Amid calls for action, Congress settles for words. Yeah, I'm sure that'll go very far. Um, and then let's see what else we got. Okay, that's all that section. Um, let's look. I there's plenty of these things. Um, oh wow, we're gonna get baseball, but we're in, we're having problems. Okay. Um, I'm looking forward to some sports. Uh, HIV to COVID. Black history is repeating itself. Um, a message from Europe to U.S. Keep out. So, everybody feel good? Want to read the rest of it? Sports page, ain't nothing there, right? So, there we go. So, we got that. But I got a couple others. Some of the AP top uh, news. I want you to feel real good. What to wear. Feds mixed on mask. Uh, so, confusion. Uh, Mississippi set. Uh, to um, debate about the Confederate emblem. Biden slams Trump, and then in another article, Trump slams Biden. Um, One fatally shot at Breonna Taylor protest in Kentucky. Two dead after shooting at a business center in California. Nurses and doctors feel strain as virus runs through Arizona. uh, um, That's something else. Uh, Princeton to remove Woodrow Wilson's name from public school. American jailed in Spain was unwitting drug drug mule, U.S. says. and satellite image, Iran blast was near suspected missile site. And bar owners are still worried about people coming and spreading that. And governors face competing voices as virus raises. And aren't you feeling good today? Isn't it miserable? How do you stay encouraged in a discouraging world? Like, we, we have gone through James during this time. We have gone ahead and, and spent some time about talking about how, you know, we feel and how we go through this. And you may leave like this, but then you leave here and you get it. 
right? Um, I've, I've talked to way, has anybody been able to eat outside somewhere, right? go to a restaurant, anybody done that? It was fantastic, wasn't it? You're like, ah, the heavens open. Um, I went back to the same place I hadn't been in years because I could sit outside next to the water and be nice. And, and the waitress came over and was like, it was like, we were like there for five minutes. We were still looking at the menu. And she comes in, I am so sorry for the wait. And we go, what? She goes, yeah. I said, why? No, we're fine. We're glad to, we can wait all day. We, we're good with this. And she was like, well, y- y- just some people, you would not know how, how angry they've been. People are, you're outside. You're eating food that you haven't had to make or stand in line and, and get, you know, like the Hunger Games at Walmart that they have there, you know, where they blast on the speaker when you can come in. They, I mean, this is where we've been. So why, why, why all this stuff? Why are we still? Haven't we, not, haven't we not learned anything from what we've been through? And so there's not much encouragement that we have from looking at the world around us, if you're like me. Now, one of the things that I just wanted to share is because as we're, we're reading from the headlines and we're talking about things, I started thinking about some times in my life where, you know, just that somebody would say a, an encouraging word, right? Whether it's about something. Remember last week we were sharing some of those things as well. But, but just like, I remember one time I was talking to somebody. I've shared this story again, but hey, you guys don't remember what I said last week, so just pretend it's now. All right? So, um, but I remember I was, I was a, I was a, I wasn't even a pastor at the time. I was living at home with my parents, waiting for Melissa to get done school. And, I, um, and um, somebody called for dad. They were away. And I, it was in the days where you got movies, like, they were all on demand, you know, or you had to go to, like, Blockbuster. You guys remember Blockbuster? Or for those, Movie King. Remember that? All right. So you had to go there, and you had to actually personally rent it. You didn't just get to download it as much. It would come through the cable system. And there was a, a movie. I don't remember the name of the movie. I just remember David Caruso from NYPD Blue was in it. It was like the only movie he was in and that starred in. And you know what I mean? The guy was like, who was also on CSI Miami. I was like, I think. You know that guy? Just humor me, okay? Um, so I had just started to watch it, and I had it, and the phone rang, and somebody called for dad, and because he was the pastor, and I just happened to be living there until I got married. So I'm sitting there, and I'm on the phone, and I knew the person, so I, I said, no, he's not here. And she said, oh, well, I really was hoping to talk to somebody. I'm like, David, you want to talk to David Caruso? I mean, I'm, I, you know. and so she, she said no. So then I started talking to her, and we got in this whole discussion. And I put pause, and I waited about an hour or so for David Caruso. And the whole thing was this young 20-some-year-old uh, young woman wanted to kill herself. Okay, so at that moment, David Caruso took a way back seat. The movie was horrible anyway, so don't worry about it. Um, but... We started talking, and I re- one of the things I remember in the conversation, a lot of things, she dealt with a lot of depression, a lot of things, and I remember her saying um, that she wanted to kill herself. And again, keep in mind, Jack just wanted to get to David Caruso. I'm not Reverend Cohen. That's my dad. It's just, you know, one of those moments that you feel like, hey, why don't you just, why did I just let the answer machine, and in case you don't know, answer machines like voicemail for you younger people, just go with it. Okay. Um, and... And so during that time, I, re- I remember that I just kind of said, all right, God, just tell me what to say. You know, just like one of those quick desperation prayers. And in the moment, he's, uh, she kept talking about wanting to kill herself, wanting to kill herself. And I said to her, I said, hey, would you go burn down the church building? Dad was in claim on the time. I said, would you go to Philadelphia Pike and burn that sucker to the ground? 
I mean, she, just leave it devastated. She's like, no. I said, why not? And she's like, I said, she goes, why, why, why would I do that? That's awful. I said, well, why wouldn't you? And she said, it's God's house. And God just gave me the words at this moment. I said, no. And I mentioned her name. I said, no, you are God's house. And he loves you more than any building with stone. And God loves you so much that he gave his son that he died and that he puts his Holy Spirit in you for somebody who believes in you. You know, my, we, she, we, we finally got off. I watched the movie. I was disappointed in the movie. Um, um, but I went ahead, and I remember we were talking uh, later, and, I, and she would come to church and would be part of a, a Bible study, and I hadn't seen her for a while. And then she came up to me one day and was like, you know, remember, and I, I was leading to be a pastor, and she said, do you remember that time that she called? I'm like, yep, I do. And she said, I want to let you know that changed my life in that moment. And she got married, and I don't know where she's struggling. I haven't talked to her in years. But it was that moment when I was headed somewhere to watch David Cruz. And we're talking like peak of his L NYPD blue, right? That's what we're talking. Not before he left and went, you know, right? We're talking about he was here. That was like prime movie. And I paid some money for it. That's all I cared about. And I'm not the preacher. But at that moment, a word of encouragement changed her life at that moment. And so when we live in a culture of discouragement... We are also changing lives for the negative. And so one of the things that we got to recognize is this. You have no idea what God might do through a single word of encouragement. No idea. A hello, a thank you, a hey, how you doing today? You have no idea what God wants to do through encouragement. And one of the reasons is because we don't live in that culture of encouragement. Because why am I saying this? Because everyone you see, look around the room. See all those eyes? Okay. Everyone you see is fighting a battle that you don't know anything about. Every single person is dealing with some struggle, some battle, some frustration, some anxiety, some uh, financial ruin, some uh, loss. Everybody's dealing with something that we know nothing about at all. And there are enough negative voices and discouragement that there is so much negativity. We just read a little bit in our area. People are so incredibly hurtful and hateful to levels I don't think I have ever seen in my life. Not in my lifetime. And I believe, maybe I'm a fool to believe it, but I believe that we, as the body of Christ need to stop sitting back and lead with words of hope and encouragement and strength and, and leading them to the one who has all hope in our world. If we don't have hope and encouragement, then guess what? We can't expect anybody else in this world to. And see, what I was thinking about is I don't need friends in my life or people in my life like Job's friends. Now, some of you may say, what are you talking about? I love the fact that this is the oldest historical book that is written, okay, in the Bible. It's not the account of the oldest, but it is chronologically, it's like historically the oldest manuscript put together. And you learn that people do not change. And so you're saying, okay, well, what is this about Job? Well, Job was a good and godly man. And as the story goes, Satan just kind of, is rolling through and says, hey, God, uh, 
see how messed up this world is? And he says, yeah, but have you seen Job? And he says, well, that's because you won't let me touch him. And so there's this whole kind of little, Satan says, watch me play with him, okay? And we'll see what happens to him. And so Job loses his children. He loses everything. He's got sores from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. He's sitting around. It's so bad he's scraping them with pottery. You know, that's a pretty bad infection, all right? So he's doing that. And he's going through this time and time and time again. And he has these four friends, these friends that come up to him. And when I say friends, I use this term lightly. Because you have Eliphaz, and Eliphaz is a kind of mystic. He applies biblical principles in a wrong way. He takes you reap what you sow, and children suffer because their parents sin, and God disciplines his people, and you will be blessed if you're redeemed. Because Job is dealing with us, and he says, Job, you're a lot of hot air. You, you drink injustice like water, and what he's saying is, uh, he's explicit. He said, is your evil not abundant? There's no end to your iniquity. In other words, he's sitting there constantly gossiping and saying, Job, you're bad, you're bad. And Job's like, no, I'm not. And he just keeps hammering him, hammering him, hammering him. And then he has another friend, the shortest guy in the Bible, Bill Dad the Shoe Height. Get it? Okay, so um, anyway, he is a, tra- <laughs> right, I get it? Okay, um, he is a traditionalist. And you say, what do you mean by that? Your children died because of their sin. You did something wrong, you get it, boom. All right? Um, so God's not going to reject the blameless. So your kids, boom, that's what happened to them. And so he says, you know what? All men are guilty and essential. Essentially, you are this. You are a maggot and a worm, and that's why you're dealing with it. Nice friend, right? But then you have Zophar, who's the rationalist. And he says, you know what, Job? Quit complaining. You deserve worse than you're getting. Get in shape. Shape up, ship out, and it'll get better. Get your, stuff, get your life together. Have I ever told you, get your, I wish you'd get your life together. You get your life together, then maybe you won't have that. You're, you're having that problem? Well, it's because you, right? That's a bunch of the Zophars. Then you have Elihu, and he says, I can't hardly stand listening to you at all. You're a whiny little sucker. And Job does whine a little bit, but heck, I'd whine a heck of a lot more, if I'm honest. He said, you're so thick, you can't hear from God. It's obviously your your, your problem. He mocks Job by taking quotes of Job and throwing them back at him. And he makes a big deal of how reverent he is. You ever had those people? Well, hey, you're going through problems, but if you were as awesome as I am, if you would go ahead and sing praise and worship for 15 hours in the day like I do, you know, you ever had those people? And I don't need people like that in my life. I don't need that in my life. Job's friends are miserable. And he basically rebukes Job, Elihu, in the midst of his suffering. He rebukes him for suffering and not just dealing with it. Suck it up, is his opinion. It's your fault. You deserve this. It's your sin. Negative, 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 negative. I'm also negative, is what he gets. And Job has had enough, and here's how he responds. He says, I have heard all this before. What miserable comforters you are. Don't you love that? Don't you want to just, you just want to say that to somebody this week when you're sharing something and they give you some of this mess? Just, just can say, can I quote some scripture to you? What a miserable comforter you are. And I'll say, where's that? Say, Job. All right? It's the Bible. Don't blame me. You can do one of those things. Um, and did you love, don't you want to say this? I can kind of too preacher man to do this, but it says this, won't you ever stop blowing hot air? 
I could say the same thing if you were in my place. In other words, what's Job saying? I don't need this crap in my life. I don't need your mouth. You are not helping my situation anymore. Whether you're telling me it's because, why, why am I going through this? Well, because. I don't need because. I just need you to say, to be there with me in the midst of this, I need you to encourage me and lift me up. We love to stomp on people's head when they're sinking in the quicksand of life. And that's got to stop. And guess what? I'm going to tell you a big secret that's not one. The church is some of the worst ever in it. And you know what? Sometimes I don't want to be associated with those type. I don't want to be associated. Let me say this again. I don't want to be associated with any of those Christians like that. Because we're supposed to lift one another up. And so if we can't expect this crazy world to encourage us. When we're looking at people, if you're different denominations, we're going ahead and we're stepping on each other's head. If we're in the same church and we step on each other's head, that's not encouraging. We are no better than Job's friends in life and in this world. Job says, I could say the same thing if you were in my place. I should love, he says, what makes you keep talking? I could spout off criticism and shake my head at you. But if it were me, what a key term there. Job's saying, you guys are a mess, but let me tell you. He's saying, shut up. Shut, 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 shut up. If it were me, I would, what? Encourage you. I would try to take away your grief. That ain't in this paper, is it? That's not in our, on our televisions or our social media. It's not in a post that we put on there. When's the last time somebody just put something to encourage people in social media? You see, if it were me, can be words to live by. To be the biggest encourager of your life. To, I, I hope that, that the words that I say are words to give life and not destruction, to give hope and a future. That's scriptural. Our words can build up or they can destroy. Time and time again. In Proverbs 18, verse 21, it says the tongue has the power of life and death. You can go back and see what we talked about that with James, remember? A couple weeks ago, go back and look at that. I want my words. Here's what I want. I'd love for my words, everything that comes out of my mouth, and it doesn't always happen, just to let you know, to build your faith, to strengthen your confidence, to believe that God is for you, and he's never going to leave you, that you are chosen and you are called by God, and that he is working for you and in you. Why? Because everyone is fighting a battle that you know nothing about. And so we need encouragement. Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews says this, but encourage one another occasionally, daily. Why? As long as it's called today. So you got how many hours? 24 to encourage people. Encourage one another for 24 hours, as long as it's called today. Why? So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Why do we encourage one another? We do it so that sin won't get to us. What does sin do? It lies to us. It distracts us. It destroys us. It tears us down. It tells you what you're lacking what you can't be, and why you just don't matter in life. 
Sin does that constantly. And don't, don't get caught up in, oh, the bad stuff. Get caught up. It, anytime we miss God's mark, it's sin. And so sin does that. And so just to let you know, I've been very honest over the last several weeks. Every day I face the lies of sin. I face discouragement and temptation. Every day I deal with the voices in my head that you're not good enough. You don't measure up. You can't get it done. If others really knew me, then fill in the blank. Every single day of my life. So sin is constantly in my head telling me something from the moment I get up to the moment I crash at the middle of the night. I'm having that in my head and in my life. And then I run into somebody who's mad that they got to wear a mask. And I'm mad to somebody who doesn't have this time. And then I'm mad to somebody who thinks they're the only person on the road. And, and I'm, then i got to deal with somebody from work who thinks their stuff is the most important. And then i got to deal with issues and family and boom. And before you know it, I am filled so much with discouragement that I can't begin to hear anything encouraging from anybody. Is this your life? Anybody else with me? Am I standing up here by myself? Let me check. Okay. And, and that's, where we, that's where we exist and that's where we live. And then that builds year after year after year after year after year. So every day I face disappointments and discouragement. Negative voices in my head and those from outside. And why do we need to encourage one another daily? And why do I want to encourage people daily? Because I need it myself. As long as it's today, I need encouragement, and so do you. And you need it every day, and because you need it every day, I need it every day, let's start encouraging one another and going to a place and doing it generously so that we aren't distracted or crushed by sin. You may say right now, well, I'm not good at encouraging. Like, you may be, I, I got to tell you too, I'm, I'm one of those people find humor in everything. So if I'm in a situation, I'm going, I'm going to say something or I'm going to think it. God gave me this brain, blame him, all right? So I am just like, mm-hmm, and I say it. And there's some of my friends I just have to look at and they're saying the same thing, right? So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not very encouraging in my own head at times too. But one of those things that I'm saying is that we need we need that, you may say you're not good at encouragement, but I'm also say, how many of you were good at walking when you were a toddler? Anybody? Did you just, you know, plop out of your mother's womb and go, woohoo, let's go? No. Took you a while, didn't it, to walk? You said, okay. So you had to learn. So guess what? You may, somebody may do something and you may be one of like zinger and you're like, oh, Hey, but you know what? Somebody may cut you off and you'd be like, what a sucker you are. Oh, but that's a very nice coat that you have there. You're wobbling around a little bit, right? A little bit of wobble, but hey, it'll become part of your practice. And so how do I learn how, Jack? How do I, how do I learn how to be encouraging? Well, I'm going to give you the most simple rule of encouragement right here. And here it is. If you think something good, say it. Everybody's really good about saying something discouraging. I, I, was, I think Danny and I, the other week after um, we were at Lowe's right here, and we're standing in line, and we're joking with people. We're, I mean, people were actually pretty, pretty jovial, except for this one lady in the car that comes by, and she is, like, mad that somebody was walking across the road. And man, she head on the horn and yelling things that I probably don't 
want to say here out the window? And I said, she ain't too happy, is she? And people laughed, and she went on. And, but, you know, I mean, why? She didn't lean out the window and say, hey, you guys have a good day. Make sure you have sunscreen out there, and then take off. Why, why do we not share that? Why don't we roll up next to somebody and say, roll down your window. I got to tell you, your driving is the best I've ever seen on the road. Have a safe day. No. We pull up next to him. We're doing that. Right? This is what we do. We're so easy. So easily go ahead and, and give out the discouragement time and time again. If you think something, say it. So you think something about somebody. Guess what? Text them. Or you know, there's this cool thing on these mobile devices. It's called a phone. And you could actually talk to them and tell them as well. They still work for that as well. And so you could talk, call them, text them. You could reach out to them. Um, social distancing, right? Um, you could do this. You could write a note and mail it. Imagine that. You could do that as well. The moment you think something good, share it with someone. It is needed. It is appreciated. Why would you ever, ever rob somebody of a blessing that you don't communicate? Think about how this would change your relationships. Think about how this would change your marriage. Think about how it changed your relationship with your children. Think how it would change if you're a leader in some facet. How would it change your leadership if you tell those who you're in leadership with, doing that whether it's a small group, Bible study, something like that? What if you're a boss? What if you're a boss that you... Share something positive with somebody that's there. Bless someone with encouragement. And, you know, I mean, like, one of the things I'm trying to work on, because, like I said, you know, we'll talk a little bit about how our mind goes to the negative and, but, and, and right away. But one of the things that I'm seeing is that I'm trying to get my mind around something that when I, when I say a negative thing, to come up with at least 25 things for each negative thing that I say about someone just to let you know that's difficult but when you start doing that it helps I mean I, I've, I've had this before where I've had somebody who's been really down and now I want to process where I say okay write down 50 things that you find positive about yourself and they start with like uh, I, you know I, I have nice teeth you know and then before they go then they start to open up a little more if you're, if you're dealing with your own discouragement start writing write 50 things that, that could encourage you and keep it there for you and just look back at it time and time and time again. Um, so, so we have these negative things and you come up with it. The Apostle Paul said this. He said, and, and that seems impossible, like for every negative thing to come up with 25 or 50 or 100 uh, positive things. But the Apostle Paul said this, said don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only words for building others up. That's like... Zero to 25, zero to 50, zero to 100. That is definitely impossible, doesn't it seem? But Paul said, don't let any of that come out of your mouth. Think how different your relationships would be if you thought something good and you said it. I was at the, I, I did the wonderful thing. I went to the landfill yesterday, um, which is always an experience. And I went and um, I was dumping the trash. We cleaned out a shed. I was throwing stuff in there. And next to me pulled, out, pulled back a guy. Um, and he had his, um, his son with him, okay? Son was probably eight years old, um, eight or nine, somewhere in that, in that realm. And he got out, and he's like, okay, so here we are. We're going to throw this stuff off, son. And, and so I'm like, okay, cool. And I was just, you know, I'm, I'm observant. 
I'm a creep. I listen to stuff. I just, I eavesdrop. So anyway, I'm sitting there. I'm throwing my stuff in. And then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on the trailer. I'm throwing stuff back. And I hear this, don't do that. No, no, no. Just, just don't, don't, throw, don't put that there. And like, would you look out? Would you get out of the way? You're going to get hit by this water. You get hit by this water. It's going to stink. And then you're going to be whining. And then you're going to be doing this. Just get out of the way. I don't know why I even brought you. I don't know why you're here. I'm going, <laughs> dumping in. And then kid goes off the side. Something fell off the side. He went, get out of the way, I said. No, go get that mat. Go get that mat. Fold it up. Don't put it in there. But what, are you, what is wrong with you? You don't have the brains that was given to you. And in my heart, that moment, because I, I, I've been preparing this, I, I had to repent for the things that I've done to my own children, right? I had to begin to say, man, is that how it sounds? Is that how it stays in their spirit to where this kid's going to grow up feeling like something he wanted, he was doing with his dad? Now it became something that his dad just affirmed those negative voices that are in his head. You think that kid doesn't need some encouragement somewhere in his life? What about the coaches you've had over the years? Right? (laughs) I can give you a hundred who were discouraging constantly. Right? And I can tell you Yeah, they drove me in some areas. Some areas, they broke a part of me. But I can also tell you the ones that encouraged me through it all. That made a difference. And so when I I coached football and coached other things, I remember telling my head coach one time, I said, you know, chances are our, our team's not that great. Let's be honest. I said, we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity. Yeah, I want to win, like everybody. I want to win, right? It's like Vince Lombardi winning in the, um, the, what, the only thing. It's, it's the only thing or whatever. I forget uh, what he said. Vince Lombardi, Google it. All right. He said something about it's the best. And stuff. Everything, yeah. Winning isn't the only thing. It's everything. Thank you, Tate. There you go. All right. So, um, but I remember telling him, you know, chances are we are not going to win. There was only one team that year that went to the playoffs from the county. And when we looked at us next to everybody else, we were... We had hope, but sometimes hope gets you what you want. Nothing, all right? And I said, but we have an opportunity that we have these young men here from, you know, with summer workouts, June till about November, that we can pour something into them that's more valuable than this football. And so, and that's how I always looked at it in life. Did I always follow through? No, because one of the reasons why is because we need this because we have no idea what God can do through one single word of encouragement. And I want to say this, because a lot of times in my life, the most negative voice is in my own head. And so sometimes the person who needs most encouragement is myself, is me. Sometimes the person you need to give the most encouragement to is you. And in doing so, we, we need to have that. And I went to this great scripture. There's a great scripture about this, okay? And it's about David. David is, uh, yeah, David is one of my favorite ever. I had a seminary professor who couldn't stand him. Um, I love him because he's 
strong, he's powerful, and he is the biggest mess up I have ever seen. And I love that because I relate to that. And so I love somebody that is after God's own heart but screws up majorly. That gives me comfort. I don't know about you. And so in the midst of this, so here's what happened. It's in the Old Testament. Let me give you the context. It's going to be in 1 Samuel 30. David is a warrior. He's also, you know, we know about Goliath. He's also a king of Israel. And he's fighting this battle. And they arrive home after fighting and and battling uh, and winning the battle. They arrive back home in Ziklag which is where them is, and what they found is their enemies had burned everything to the ground. And what I started to get in my mind was, uh, if anybody saw the movie with Mel Gibson and Heath Ledger, The Patriot, anybody see that one? Where they come back and, the, and they were burned in the church and, everything, and everybody was done there. That's what came to my mind. So you imagine you're fighting, you're fighting, you're exhausted. You're coming home ready for victory to see your, see your family. And the whole town is burned down and... The wives and children were taken captive. The scripture tells us here in in chapter 30 that David and all their men screamed and wept in anguish of heart. And you can imagine if that's what happened to you, what they would go through. They broke down and cried. And then what began to happen? The men turned on David. This is your fault. You did this. We should have never gone. We should have been here. We followed you. You said you were working for God. You said this. We followed you. And they turned on him, and they wanted to stone him to death. Sound like David could be encouraged at that moment? And here's what the scripture said as his friends became potential enemies. David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters, and they began to talk about stoning him. But David found strength in his God, in the Lord his God. This word here, found strength, is a Hebrew term called shazak. All right, not shazam, it's shazak. And what it means is simply this, to strengthen, prevail, harden, be strong, become strong, be courageous, be firm, uh, grow firm, and be resolute. And it's a telling of yourself. It's not getting it from anybody else. It's not a self-help book. It is you telling yourself, okay, even though I'm broken, even though my family's gone, even though everything I have is burned to the ground, I am going to shazak. Shazak. Everybody say that with me. Okay, shazak. I need my shazak back is what he needed. And in the midst of this, what does he say? That's why the King James Version says it this way. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David spoke to himself. He had a sermon for himself, and he began to go ahead and share this. As a matter of fact, the Psalms are awesome to look at. The Psalms, you can start in the Psalms, and you can see it's kind of like David's personal journal of what he's going through. And Psalm 18 is one that many people look to that... um, that David wrote around this time. And he said, I love you, Lord, my strength. My Shazak. He needs that Shazak. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn is my salvation, my stronghold. That sound like somebody who's discouraged? I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I have been saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangle me. Now he's getting real. The cords of death entangle me. 
The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. You know who it was? His former buddies who he fought with getting ready to stone him to death and blaming him for everything. But in my distress, what did he do? I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. And the earth trembled and quaked. And the founders of the mountains shook and trembled because he was angry. He goes through a whole bunch of other things. He, he talks about everything else. And he compares. He said, he reached down from on high and took hold of me and drew me out of the deep waters. He rescued from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. He confronted me, they confronted me on the day of my disaster, and the Lord was my support. He brought me out of the spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted me. And he goes on and on and on. And he says, you have delivered me from the attacks of the people. And you made me head of the nations. People I did not know now serve me. And he says, therefore, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing the praises of your name. He gives his kings great victories. He shows unfailing love to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. You see, David dealt with depression, disaster, discouragement, but he shazacked himself to having his hope be in the Lord. His strength is in the Lord. Sometimes people don't like the word hope because it's just kind of like, I hope this happened. You're like, oh, it didn't happen. Oh, well. No, he put his trust and he put, said, the Lord is my strength. I'm not my strength. He is. Time and time again. Then David, after he was dealing with this, he said, he asked the Lord, should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord said, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. What I find awesome here is David didn't get that answer when he was looking at the burning down. He didn't get it when he was weeping and crying with the people around him. He got it when he got his Shazak back. He got it when he changed his perspective. Remember a couple weeks ago we said, if you can't do anything about your situation... You know, you may not be able to do anything about your situation, but you can go ahead and do something about your attitude toward it. Remember that? Just shake your head and make me feel good, all right? See, I told you you don't remember anything last week. Um, but he remembered not the situation, but he remembered who's greater than the situation and where strength and power resided. In. And then God said, yeah, go get them suckers. Jack's version, all right? That's what he said. After he strengthened himself in the Lord. Because why? The second thing is, positive words are difficult to remember. Negative words are difficult to forget. Positive words are difficult to remember. But I love them. There's, there's, a, there's a couple people who either get an email, a message, a, um, a direct message about this, this, you know, what I go through this week and what comes out there. And it is so encouraging to me just to let you know. You see, people could often, I'm a person that people could often say the best things about me. You could have 50 people that say just the most awesome things about me. And it takes one, one person to say one thing and I'm off and I'm focused and I'm frustrated. As a professor, we have to, we get those end of the semester evaluations. And you'll get these things that just like, oh, great. I love the ones that say, oh, 
great professor, one of the best ones I ever had, always makes class fun and learning, work was here, and then you get that one that says, uh, and you, uh, you'll have five others today. Oh, he's always timely. I don't know how he ever, he doesn't ever sleep. I'll send an email at three o'clock and boom, there we go. And, and he answers in the morning. It's crazy um, like that. And then I'll get somebody who says, eh, um, not very, that doesn't seem very smart to me. Never answered my email. I'm like, how in the heck? Yeah, I go, how in the heck can I have five people telling me this? And then right away, right away, it takes me on, on another journey. What, the, what uh, neurologists have figured is that the brain believes negative comments and things immediately. Anything negative said about you is believed immediately. But do you know it takes 15 seconds before you even start to believe a positive comment? 15 seconds. But immediately, boom, it'll stick in your head and stay there. Proverbs 11.9 says this. Evil words destroy one's friends. Wise discernment rescues the godly. It's why our self-speak is so important. Often we believe what we say to ourselves, regardless of what other people say about us. Words are either of death or life and faith. David strengthened himself in the Lord, not in himself. He didn't go, okay, okay, I know they want to kill me, but I'm going to go out there and I'm going to say, remember, who wants to be the next Goliath? I got a couple rocks here myself. I got my sling. Um, yeah, I got that. Um, I came against, I grabbed a lion by the, boom, smacked him. Yeah, yeah who, who wants some? Here we go. Rah, he ripped off his shirt. That's not what he did. He said, I see what's going on, but God, you are my strength. You are my rock. I will set my feet upon you, and then I will go out. And then God gave him the answer that he needed, and they all followed. And he said, let's go get him. David, throughout, when you read through the Psalms, which, like I said, is like David's personal diary or, or journal, three times throughout that, David says, why are you so downcast, my soul? Why are you so downcast, my soul? And we would say it this way, why am I hurting so much? Why am I so low, so down, so depressed, so disconnected, so fearful, so overwhelmed? When I am a child of God and a follower of the Lord. In Proverbs 16, 24, it tells us that kind words are like honey sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. David says, my hope is in you. Every time he says, why am I so downcast? But my hope is in you. But my hope is in you. You know what he's saying? Shazak! 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 Bam! Right there. It's kind of like that little kid. He goes, Shazam! And turns into the, right? Shazak is what you need. David did not encourage himself by saying, I got this. He encouraged himself in the Lord. We need a little more Shazak and need to get it back. We need to talk to ourselves. We need to preach to ourselves. We need to get the negative voices out of our way. We need to maybe shut off the news some. We need to um, not listen to that, uh, that hateful person at work. We need to not be the critical voice in our home. We need to shut down that negative inner voice. We need to come up with, for ourselves, 25, 50, 100 things that are positive. Every time, we've got to make a commitment. Every time I hear something negative about me, write down 50 comments about you that is positive and be encouraged in the things that God says about you. That God says that I am the righteousness of God. That he says I am an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. That he says that I am a child of the living God. 
that I am a joint heir with Christ, that I am an ambassador, that I, f- I am free from the law of sin and death, that I have the mind of Christ, that I'm filled with the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, that I am God's workmanship, that I, God makes good works, that I am a new creation in Christ, the old has gone, the new has come, that I am the light of the world, that I am the salt of the earth, that I am more than a conqueror, that I'm head, not the tail, that I am blessed going in and coming out, that I will be seated in the heavenly places. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but he also said that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's called Shazak. That's called strengthening yourself in the Lord. And guess what? It's time the church realizes who we serve, that he is our rock and our fortress. And the rest of the world, if they want to go to hell in a handbasket, let them, but we're going to encourage them on the way. I'm going to tell them how they cannot get there. I don't know about you, but I'm just tired. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of being worn down. I'm tired of being broken down by people that you love. I'm tired about being broken down by people you don't love. I'm tired of being broken down by my own head. I need to be lifted up in what Jesus says about me. And what he says about me, it doesn't matter what anybody else says about me, you, or anybody else. Because I am a child of God. Amen? Amen? All right, let's get up and do some praising. Get your Shazak back and worship. So, Lord, let's just pray right now. Lord, we come to this time. And this is the time, Lord, that we just, um, I hope that we just reminisce and we listen to what you're saying to us. That we, like David, I know, like David, there's discouragement. But I also know, God, that we need to get our Shazak back. We need to know that our God is for us. And if God is for us, ain't nobody who can be against us. So, God, if we have something nice to say, let's say it. Let's live it. Let's be those encouragers that this world needs. Why? Because everybody that we look at, behind masks or without them, they're going through something that we have no idea. So God, let us just be your hands and feet and your voice. Let us let people know that they are a child of God and loved. God, I'm tired. I'm weary. But I need my Shazak back in you. Oh God, my strength and my redeemer. As we sing this song, God, we just pray that your Holy Spirit comes, fills this place. Not just a song, but that you fill this place. By this place, I mean my heart, my mind, my life. That you fill this church, that you fill this community, that you fill this country, that you fill this world. That it's not just a prayer that we pray at the beginning of Unite 714, but that it really happens. And you will be our strength and our redeemer. For that, we give you almighty praise and glory in Christ's mighty name. Amen. There is nothing worth more that will ever come close. 
nothing can compare you're our living hope your presence lord i've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence lord holy spirit you are welcome here. come flood this place and fill the atmosphere your Presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us exper
Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord, we just thank you for our presence. Let us become more aware of that. Let us shazak ourselves when we're getting beat down. When we get up in the morning, may we encourage one another daily as long as it's called today. But more, more importantly, God, may we hear your voice more than ever before in our ears, in our lives. For someone who may never have, uh, have heard your voice, someone who's, who's never made a commitment to you, never really, and the commitment is, a, is a, kind of a, a legal word, but God, somebody who's just never said, Man, this is a mess. My life, this world, everything around me is a mess. I need a savior. I need somebody who is going to just get it right. And that's you, Jesus. Let them make that commitment here today. And God, um, if they want to throw a party, there ain't no social distancing in heaven. And all the angels will rejoice when one person says, I got, I've had it wrong for so long. But I need you, Jesus, and I'm going to put my life, I'm going to take you into my life. Speak encouragement to me. Speak new life to me. I don't know who that's meant for, but somebody, God wants you to hear. He loves you. He loves you more than you've ever been loved in your life. So, God, oh, oh, whoever that's for, I just pray that right now, whether they're here, whether they're online, or whether they hear it three weeks from now, that they recognize they're not what somebody told them they are. That they're not who a parent told them. They're not who a coach told them, a teacher. They're not who a, a, a spouse told them. They're not who they even tell themselves. They are a child of the living God, and they are loved by the creator of the universe, so much so that he sent his son. And he said, like the old poem goes, Jesus, how much you love me, and he stretched out his arms, nailed him to a cross and died. That's how much he loves you, to die for you. So God, in this world, we need some encouragement. And I thank you that when we leave here, this world ain't going to give us it. But when we're riding down the road, we wave at somebody and say, keep driving so awesome. <laughs> even if they, so they may just, they may be fighting a battle that they don't even know, that we don't have anything about. May we just encourage people. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. amen. There you go. Social distance hug. See ya.